Hey there, thoughtful listener. What is your number one lead generation blocker? Head to upmyinfluence.com slash quiz to find out right now. That's upmyinfluence.com slash quiz, and I'll share why you aren't getting the intros and sales you deserve. We're also actively seeking guests for this daily commercial-free entrepreneur wisdom podcast. Agency owners, consultants, coaches, and B2B service providers, head to upmyinfluence.com slash guest, and I'd love to promote your expertise to our amazing audience. Let's get on with the show. With us right now, it's Shay Wheat. Shay, you are the founder and CEO of Grace and Ease Productions. You're found on the web at graceandeaseproductions.com. Shay, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So give us an overview of, I mean, Grace and Ease. That sounds lovely. What does Grace and Ease Productions do? Yeah, absolutely. So if you're not familiar with Grace and Ease Productions, we support our clients in creating powerful and profitable events. So how we do that is we produce in-person, we produce live virtual events, whether it's 50 people in a one-day event or over 4,000 attendees in our three-day events. Wow. And we also like to collaborate with some pretty well-known celebrities. I know you know a couple of them. <laughs> yeah, yep. So you've you've had the opportunity to work with, I think I saw Lisa Nichols. Um, is that, was that who it was? Who yeah, did I see yeah, that? Lisa Nichols. Yep, yep. she's Bill a rock star. Bob Grove Rose, he's a friend of mine. We've done some business together. So yeah, you know, what's really nice about your website, go to um, to our friend that's listening to our conversation right now, go to graceandeaseproductions.com. You know, one thing that's just fun to look at is you have a lot of really great photography from all of these events that, that you've been involved in. And so, um, you know, I think a lot of us have either, you know, we've attended well-run events. Uh, maybe we've participated in putting them on ourselves. I know- We've done a few pretty simple, <laughs> you know, uh, pretty much like a glorified meetup with someone that stands in front of the room kind of thing. So not a lot. I mean, but then again, you know, we kind of set a low bar, you know, in terms of like, you know, how it was going to go. Um, but boy, um, Shay, there is just so much minutia when it comes to events. That's my uh, outsider perspective of it. Yes. No, you're right. There is a lot. We, our team will spend probably a good 100 hours pre-event helping to plan and produce um, an event. And there's a reason behind it, right? Like there's, we do like 17 different calls and we're looking at your sales strategy. We're looking at the, the offer. We're looking at what is the promise of the event. We're looking at, are you doing swag? You know, how Far in advance, do we have to order the swag? Is it a virtual? Is it in person? Is it hybrid? There's a lot of questions that come into play when we're producing an event. However, we also know on the back end, we can make them extremely profitable. So just a few months ago, we ended up supporting a client that generated over $2.1 million in one virtual live three-day event. Yeah, so that's not bad. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's all right. Well, it's just jump change. <laughs> yeah, kind of a good, uh, you know, kind of a good benchmark there. Um, now, um, you know, th- there are risks, right? So if you are going to do an event, you know, and I've talked to people who have lost a lot of money on yeah. events because they've been poorly 
planned for, poorly executed. They're just so, here's the deal, right? There, there are so many things that, that can potentially go wrong that if you don't, if you aren't working with someone with experience of like, okay, let me point out a few things that you might not even think about just simply because, you know, it could be something about the venue. Okay. This is a risk um, with a venue like this because, you know, parking is offsite because, you know, it could just so many little geeky little details uh, that that it's, those are the things that I feel like you can really only learn when you've done enough of those events. You've seen all those things because those things can be a huge downer. Like if you're finding out that because of some sort of logistical issue, uh, you know, lunch was just a, a, a nightmare. Now you've got the whole crowd and if you've got VIPs in the crowd, you've got speakers that are, you know, they're grumbling. Everybody's unhappy about something that could be out, you know, seemingly outside of your control. That's a, potentially now not only are you not earning money at your thing, but now you could potentially have risks of negative PR, you know, just folks that are like, I'm never going to do that again or work with that person again. That can happen. Well, if that's how they're showing up, right. The, the audience perceives you coming in and showcasing this event. And that, if that's how they show up, how are they going to take care of me in their program? Mm -hmm. Right. Like that's the subconscious thought that they're having. And we've been able to actually save a lot of money for our clients on the hotel venue contract negotiation sides. Mm. If, if you learn anything from today and you're looking to really like go back into live in-person events, please have somebody like myself look at your contract. Please have somebody like negotiate it on your behalf. Things mm-hmm. are crazy right now with the hotels. We've saved somebody um, looking at their contract. We saved them over $15,000 Yep. just by looking at their contract, adding in additional clauses, safeguards, because the hotel contract is for the hotel, right? It doesn't oh, yeah. safeguard you at all. So we want to put things in there to make sure that you are actually taken care of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so uh, tell us, um, tell us some stories of, of folks that you've worked with and, you know, what you and your team, like how you participated in that. And then how does that impact the lifestyle of the founder or the, you know, again, the person that ultimately is, you know, they're going to be on stage, their name is associated with it. it's their reputation, their brand. Yeah. Yeah. So our team handles all the planning, the speaker, the sponsor support, the production of a virtual live or an in-person event to really create like an experience, right? We want it to be experiential for the audience. We also want it to be revenue generating and exciting for the attendees, because especially on a three-day event, you've got to keep their attention. And if they're at home and it's virtual, there's a lot of other things that can take their attention away. So we really look at uh, really five different fundamentals when it comes to event planning. We're looking at your audience and we're looking at your ticket sales. We're looking at your run a show. That's pretty much your agenda. What is the arc? What is the flow? How, How are we engaging the audience? We're looking at your offer strategy. Does it even make sense? So case in point, we had a client of ours come to us and go, 
okay, I'm ready to do a three-day event. Um, I'm looking to offer, um, what was it? Like, it wasn't even very long. I think it was like seven-week program and it was a low ticket. And I went and said, there's no point in us doing a three-day event for a low ticket item, like a one-day event. Absolutely. You know, I think it was probably, I don't know, $4,000 or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I looked at her and I said, no, we're changing this. You know, Mm -hmm. if you're going to spend the time and energy and effort to engage this audience for three days, you want to give them the next best step in moving forward with you. So we ended up helping her create and craft a $20,000 package year-long package and kind of pulled all the different things that she had together. And that's the one that ended up generating $2.1 million. Wow. Look at that offer strategy because I'm going to look at it and go, it doesn't make sense. Don't hire me, right? (laughs) I want to make sure it makes sense, business sense, because events are a part of your business strategy, Mm -hmm. which I think is really important for people to think about is how are we using events to leverage what it is that you're doing in your business? So that way you can go ahead and be the the amazing person that you are doing what you do best, standing on stage, connecting with your audience, getting them crazy awesome results and allowing us to take care of everything that's happening in the background. Yeah. Um, well, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, someone who has not yet put on an event or maybe, you know, their earlier stage in business, they might look at the expense of, of bringing in a team to run it well and go, who doggies like that is, you know, that's not inexpensive, right? It's, it's, you know, but it, it takes to, to execute on an event, you know, kind of that we're talking about, you know, the upside potential, if you do it well, yes, this is the big boy, big girls club. Yes. Um, if you can do it well, not only, yes, will it be immediately profitable, but um, Shay, I'm sure you've worked with people that have had successful events or maybe multiple successful events. And what has that done to their brand? It's really allowed them to showcase the expert that they are, right? The stage allows you to also speak one to many. So not only are you leveraging what it is you were doing in your business, but now you're on a different stage. (laughs) No pun intended, right? Mm. Um, You are now with the likes of the people that have large stages, the Tony Robbins, you know, the, the people that are utilizing the connection with the masses and that right there, all of the assets that you collect from your event, all of the behind the scenes, all the testimonials, all of the video, all the content, you now can repurpose and continue to grow your brand. Because if somebody is utilizing events, it like you said, it's not a, a cheap thing to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can make, you know, if you go virtual versus in person, that's going to be less expensive. There are ways to make it less expensive. However, the impact it has on your brand is the biggest thing that I've ever seen anybody utilize to grow their business fast. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about, you know, here we are, you know, uh, you know, halfway over halfway through 2022. Yeah. Where are we today with in-person? And again, this could be 
hopefully not, but, you know, this could radically change based on, you know, the fact that we're, you know, kind of in a post-pandemic world or whatever. But, you know, for right now, it's interesting having watched the event space and the events industry. Where are we today in terms of like, hybrid, or I'm sorry, virtual, in-person, hybrid. I've talked to people that have been very frustrated with, you know, trying to hit it right on the hybrid and uh, have said, listen, you know, if you're going to do in-person events, do in-person events. Like it, it's, well, this was their use case. And again, I think this was early on that we're, we've learned so much about behavior, audience behavior, attendee, and, you know, registrant behavior. Um, but what are some of your best learnings that, that you are like, yeah, I, I think the, we're coalescing around some principles here and here they are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of a lot of pieces in there. <laughs> so um, I am I'm doing all three, right? I'm doing virtual, I'm doing in person, and I'm doing hybrid. Um, I have seen a, there's actually a, a global survey out there that went and interviewed organizers and attendees, and out of it came that as an attendee. will still attend virtual events after in-person really are here full board. And 84% of them will always like to have some type of virtual option. So that right there tells me that virtual will never die. Um, Virtual is an opportunity for us to go big and small, right? So we can do something as small as being in your home office and setting up some extra TVs. We've set up a studio in one of our clients' offices in the Bahamas. And she does a lot of keynotes. So hers was a lot more in depth than, you know, somebody that would just want to do it for every once in a while. So we had some TVs in front of her so she could see the zoomies. We had TVs down below where she could see the timer and she can see my notes to her because I was virtual. So she was in the Bahamas and I was at home in California. Um, We could see, you know, the run a show and we could see what is the program feed. So what does the audience actually see? Because behind the scenes, we're switching the view. We're keeping it moving. We're keeping it like a movie mm. to keep people's engagement, yeah. to keep them with you, right? So you can do something a little bit more smaller scale than that. You don't need all the TVs, but you can keep it really nice and low key, or you can go really, really big and have like a full on studio. I've done all of them. So on the virtual side, I think if you're going to do virtual, do virtual. And if you're starting out and you're looking to incorporate events for the first time, stick with virtual. Unless your audience really likes in-person and they all are kind of in a similar area. So we'll ask our clients, it's like, where are your people coming from? Okay, they're coming from just the United States. You really don't have international. Okay, then it's worth looking at in-person. But I would advise doing one or the other Mm-hmm. Hybrid is a totally different beast. Hybrid is two events. It's two it teams. Is, yes, it's right. two audiences. It's splitting your brain as an event host. And the numbers we're seeing is not worth it. Yeah. It, you know, we're just, it's just not worth it. And it also gives people the the out. Yeah, exactly. To go, I'm gonna come. 
in person and then, you know, you're getting two, three days out from your event and they're like, ah, yeah, no, I don't want to pay for the flight. I don't want to pay for the hotel. I don't want to pay for all of these other things. Just switch me to a virtual ticket. And now you're out all of your food and beverage, everything that you've put into place, you're now going to have to eat those costs. Yeah. Right. So I'm really advising do one or the other. And if you're like, what my people really like in person and so on and so forth, do one. And then six months later, do the other one. There's mm. options to it. Mm. Um, in a, um, I, I'm curious, uh, obviously, you know, vendor sponsors, you know, their participation uh, is really valuable for the, the business model of not all, but many uh, events. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you seeing working really, really well that delivers a lot of value for the vendors, the sponsors, the audiences, and and helps make a lot of connections? Have you been seeing maybe clever ways that, um, you know, just beyond like, well, we got table for the vendor in the back. And, you know, I, I, I feel like that there's just, I, you know, I've, I've been to enough events. I'm like, man, I feel like there's more opportunity there. You know, because, you know, obviously the vendor is hoping to make an impact. Yes, they'd like to have some good business. And, you know, if, you know, as event planners and, you know, uh, um, you know, that that we maybe are a little bit, you know, thinking, you know, again, primarily for the audience, what's going to be a really great user experience Mm -hmm. that also is good for, you know, the, the people that are willing to help put this thing on. Right. Yeah. So there's a few things that you want to kind of look at when you're including sponsorship. Um, What is what is the sponsors like? What do they want to get out of it? Right. Are they looking for leads? Are they looking for brand recognition? Because there are some sponsors. They just want to be tied to your brand. Okay, great. There's other sponsors that are looking for the leads and they want stage time and they want speaking time and they want an opportunity to offer a free gift or an actual paid from the stage um, opportunity. So what is it that they're looking for? And then you as the event host, what are you looking to offer, right? Anytime that you give somebody else your stage time, that's taking away opportunities from your potential business. Oh yeah. Right. So you want to make sure that your sponsors are actually in alignment, that they're not competing with what it is that you're doing. So they're not doing the same thing. They're more sidelined to you, meaning like if I was um, looking to host an event, I would look to go in with an AV company, right? Because an AV company has my same ideal audience, Mm -hmm. but they do something completely different than what it is I do, right? And we partner together. That would be a good opportunity to sponsor an event would be with somebody like that for me personally. How far in advance should... Let's say the event, sorry, um, we just have a few minutes. I wanted to ask you this because timing is is one thing I think is just so critical. How far in advance of an event should people start their conversation with you? Is uh, is four weeks enough time? <laughs> no. Oh, you, you, were, you were laughing, not laughing there. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, if we're doing an in-person, I like to at least have three months. Um, if not more reason yeah. being, because we have to find the venue and we have to do all of these things ahead of time, print and product design and all of that. 
If we're doing virtual, I can do it on a shorter time period. But really what comes into play is how big is your team? Mm -hmm. How much have they done this in the past? Um, Or is it a smaller team? Are you looking to be, you know, just simple in your office kind of virtual? Are you wanting to be in a studio? Um, So those are the pieces like I can condense my time frame. But you also want to make sure that you're giving yourself enough time to fill the room. That's a huge piece that you have to keep into in the back of your mind. And we actually go through and create ticket maps and look at the numbers black and white of how are you actually planning on filling the room? What are the actual numbers that I'm seeing right now? What are the conversion rates? What's happening in the space? So we actually hit your numbers and your goals. Yeah. You, your website, Shay, uh, again, Grace and Ease Productions, but you also have another website and Shay Free Gift. Did I say that or did I give that URL correctly? Yeah, they can do Shay Free Gift um, or they can go to fivephases.info and that's spelling out the word five phases.info forward oh, yeah. slash thoughtful. And that yeah. is um, for those of you looking to go, okay, what event really should I be doing right now? What is the the phase of business that I'm in that allows me to go, okay, if I'm in this phase, this is the type of events that I should be running. And there's like a nice little flow chart and next yeah, steps I'm looking at it right. where to go next. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. I, I really do like the flow chart here that you've designed uh, just in terms of like, you know, questions you can ask just in terms of Enrollment events, retreat, summit, masterclass, webinar, um, and you know the title is you know what is the best event to make the most money the fastest. So if you want to know, you're gonna have to go to Shea Free Gift. No, no, no. What was it? It was five five phases dot info forward slash thoughtful. Five phases dot info forward slash thoughtful. Well, Shay Wheat, this has been a delight. Thank you so much for this conversation. Uh, Grace Needs Productions is your main website. Uh, Shay, great conversation. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks so much. Pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. If you're a listener, I'd love to shout out your business to our whole audience for free. You can do that by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or join our listener Facebook group. Just search for The Thoughtful Entrepreneur in Facebook. I'd love even if you just stopped by to say hi. I'd love to meet you. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. We love our community who listens and shares our program every day. Together, we are empowering one another as thoughtful entrepreneurs. Hit subscribe so that tomorrow morning, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. I promise to bring positivity and inspiration to you for around 15 minutes each day. Thanks for listening and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement.